0: for women of color, where we talk about the issues we face on a daily basis, and I am your host, Karen Davis Thompson. And I haven't done this since my birthday. This is a solo episode. Just a few things I wanted to share that was on my mind. A little bit of an update on my baby girl, and on uh, what we're doing uh, within my shoes. So, as you know, July, or you maybe maybe you don't know, July is Minority Mental Health Awareness Month. It's actually now been named the BB Moore Campbell. Minority Mental Health Month. And if you know anything about B.B. Moore Campbell, she was an author who um, wrote various uh, works of fiction. She was an excellent, excellent writer. Um, If you haven't had a chance to read anything by her, I highly recommend that you do that. And she had one book in particular that was called The 72 Hour Hold. And um, if that doesn't make sense to you, if you ever heard of that, it's basically. The amount of time that a person who is having a mental health crisis can be um, held in a facility for treatment. And so it's called the Baker Act and it is for 72 hours. And so she wrote this book that's called The 72 Hour Hold. And it was about a woman who was dealing with bipolar disorder. And she is placed on a 72 hour hold. She was a huge advocate for mental health and for mental health awareness, especially in communities of color. She died, uh, I believe it was of cancer, um, in 2006, but she was a great advocate for that before her death, and so uh, it has been named after her. And I wanted to talk about Mental Health, Minority Mental Health Awareness Month, uh, for various reasons. If you follow me, you know that talking about mental health is huge for me uh, because I do have um, a child who suffers. Uh, In that area and just a quick update Um, Things are going okay Uh, We're in a decent space right now Uh, As I think I may have said before It's one of those things where you can never really get Completely comfortable Because the next crisis Could be around the bend Um, She's kind of been Lukewarm about her medicine Uh, We're on a good stretch now the last few weeks She's been taking it regularly Uh, We've had a few hiccups here and there decisions that she makes that now she regrets. And we're still at a place where we're not always ready to take responsibility for the decisions we've made. Um, and it's a tough spot for me as her mom to be in because part of me wants to help her out of some of those jams, but I know that if she's ever going to learn and it may take her a thousand times to get it, It doesn't help if I come in and uh, come to the rescue, which is what a mom wants to do for a child, even your adult children. Uh, You want to rescue. You want to protect. You want to help when they've made a mistake. You want to be there for them, right? And so I can do some of those things, but I cannot always step in and make it better for her. So that's something that we're both working on. Um, It's hard for her and it's hard for me. Um, And I have learned over the last few years since she's been legally an adult that this way and this journey that we're on um is always going to require some mothering in a way that maybe you don't think you would have to do with your adult children um she's always going to need a little more assistance I always have to remember that sometimes uh the way she understands things is different I'll give you an example we recently had to put our dog down we've had the same dog for 16 years his name was Ziggy And so imagine my children have had this dog since they were four and five, and they are now 20 and 21. She'll be 21 Saturday, y'all, my baby. I mean, I'm sorry. She'll be 20 on Saturday. My son is 21. She'll be 20 on Saturday. And you've had this dog since you were four. So he had just been getting really sick. Uh, He's a beagle, and we learned early on that they can be prone to seizures. And he had a couple here and there, but nothing like the last week or two had been and he was having trouble walking and it was just obvious that it was time and we took him to the vet and they concurred so uh they were going to start the process of putting him to sleep so I wanted to check with my son to see if he wanted to go you know I didn't want him to wake up and come downstairs and the dog's gone and no conversation and I'd already been prepping him that this was possible because He had been kind of deteriorating over the weekend and we were able to get an appointment that Monday and I just kind of knew I had a feeling this is where it was going. And so, um, you know, he's, he's a boy, typical boy. They don't always want to tell you how they're feeling. He didn't want to go. And I did not tell her right away because as you know, she doesn't live with us uh, full time. And so I wanted to wait until I saw her in person. I didn't want to give her this news over the telephone because I knew she was going to be devastated. So she comes over to the house about four or five days after we'd had to put him down. And she comes up to the door and I said, Pumpkin, uh, mommy needs to talk to you before we go inside. Because, of course, the first thing she's going to ask is, where's Ziggy? And so um, I said to her that we had to put him down. I said, well, I said we put him to sleep is what I said. And she said, he's gone. And I said, yes, Pumpkin, he's gone. And so she burst into tears and I gave her a hug and I told her how sorry I was. And I tried to explain a little bit about what had been happening. She didn't want to hear it. And so I finally get her in the house and um, she sits down and I gave her a blanket so she could get comfortable. And she comes into my room and says, well, can't we just go get him? And I was on the phone with a friend of mine and I was telling her, oh, I just felt so bad. I just told her and I thought, oh, dear Lord, she's literal, right? So when I said we had put him to sleep and he wasn't here, when she said he's gone, she didn't mean gone like passed away. She meant gone like he's not here. You all have taken him somewhere else because he's sick And why can't we go there and get him? And so I had to say, oh, sweet pea, when I say put him to sleep, I had to actually literally, he he has passed away. But then, then, oh, my God, she lost it. I don't want to eat. Very, very emotional. And so sometimes I forget, you know, when you say put him down or put him to sleep, she meant that literally like he was asleep, not that we'd had to have him um, put down as he had passed away. And so I have to sometime remember those things with her that she is um, very literal in a lot of things, and I have to be, um, I guess, a little more. I don't know. I don't know the way to describe it. I just it means explaining things to her differently than maybe you would explain it to um, another twenty-year-old. Dealing with her issues, sometimes it's like I'm adulting for myself (laughs) and then I'm adulting for her too, right? (laughs) I have to do my adult stuff and then I have to do and deal with her adult stuff too. And it got me to thinking, um, you know, because I can, it can go from zero to 60 with her, like everything can be fine. And I got a phone call and she's like a basket case and I got to stop what I'm doing or, you know, figure out how I can calm her down or whatever needs to be done. And that can happen. In a matter of minutes one phone call changed my whole day and um, there are times when I am not as good about making sure that in the process I take care of the things that I need for me and not just the things that you have to do as an adult but just things that you like to do and it got me to thinking and I've been talking to some people about this who cares for the caregiver um, that's the question that I've been asking myself for the last couple of weeks um, as a caregiver One of the things that I think people forget is that the caregiver can break down and have um, a mental health um, issue and not that it is a mental illness. Not every mental health um, issue that you deal with means that you have a mental illness, but um, you can experience a little bout of depression or despair or anxiety or whatever it is, because it's a lot, right? You know, you have a full time job. I love to do this podcast. Um, It's something that I love to do. I hope to be able to go further with it. Um, But her needs still have to be met. But mine have to be met as well. And when I did a little bit of research, you know, stress levels for people of color are at um, the highest they've been in years Um, And I was looking through like this American, um, I think, it what is it called? American Psychological Association or Psychiatric Association and the APA. They talked about uh, the fact that um, it was so interesting. It says good health is not equally distributed, uh, which really struck me. Um, They talked about the fact that race, ethnicity, socioeconomic status often impact a person's stress level. And thereby impacts their health. Um, And so during this month, I just felt it was important to really encourage all of my queens listening to make sure that you take some time to evaluate your own mental health. um, To know if maybe you need to talk to somebody. If maybe you need to say, because that's another thing, you know, they talk about that even in medicine. You know, they talk about the fact that when a woman of color says she's in pain. It's kind of like, oh, you know, you'll be fine. It's just, you know, you just had the surgery, whatever. Or, you know, you talk about the fact that the uh, mortality rate for black women is much higher than it is for white women in childbirth because, oh, you're fine. Um, it, it's just You just had the baby. You're just a little emotional. Um, and a lot of times we're seen as being able to take more, deal with more, handle more. And there are times when we need to say, you know what? not today i can't do this today i'm gonna need you we need to dole out some responsibilities um i'm not cooking today so i don't know what y'all gonna do you know like i live in a house with two fully grown men so i'm just not today um you know i may have to say hey can somebody Call her and see if you can help her with whatever she's got going on. I just need a minute. Or sometimes when I see that whatever she's talking about isn't life threatening, it's not earth shattering. I just stop responding. Not today, sis. I'm just going to leave that alone. (laughs) Um, Whatever I need to do for me to be okay. And I think this is a good month. To really kind of um, highlight that and to really examine that who cares for the caregiver. If you're a family member of somebody who's in that caregiver role, make sure you call, see if maybe you can take some responsibilities for a few hours so they can get out and take a walk, get a pedicure, a manicure. You know, just go somewhere and sightsee people, watch whatever. Give them the opportunity to have that moment to take a break. Um, And there were four things in particular that I really wanted to talk about um, that was a quick update on my baby girl but four things I really want to talk about one is I don't ever want you to doubt your voice and speak up be willing to say you know what I, I, I can't do this I need help um, there is nothing wrong with saying I need help and not just even in your role as a caregiver but I mean think about it it's a lot of stuff so you're caring for a child or an elderly parent etc you have a full-time job so there are the microaggressions and the racism that you have to deal with at work um, there is the stuff that happens in society and some of it can be very subtle you know um, racism doesn't always hit you over the head uh it can be something as simple as you're all in a line like this happened this this legit happened and i had never seen it done to somebody um of a different ethnicity but um i'm sure that you know brown folks deal with it too so we're in line at a grocery store and i was being helped and then there was a hispanic gentleman next to me and then a white woman behind him so the next person comes up to help and she totally ignored the man standing next to me and goes to the white woman. How can I help you? What do you need? So, you know, this panic guy kind of looks at me and is like, for real? <laughs> so I guess she saw the look on his face. Oh, oh were you next? Yes, yeah, he was next. When you walk up and there are three people standing there, I think she saw the lady was helping me or whatever. But you see other people standing there. What in your brain said that, oh, it must be the white lady that's, that needs help, right? Like where instead of saying, oh, who was next? Um, you know, can I help who's next? So it can be very subtle, but that type of stuff happening all the time can really weigh on you. And then, you know, you've got family obligations um, that go beyond just caring for your child or loved one that has a disability. You know, in my case, I have more than one child. You have a spouse, you have a house to maintain, and there are things that go along with that. So it's a lot. So never doubt that it's okay for you to say something about how you're feeling, about what's going on, about the help that you need to make it through whatever is is going on. Um, Do a check with yourself. You know, if you're finding that you're having a little trouble getting out of bed, if you are, you know, finding that things are getting on your nerves more than they they usually do, you know, do a self-assessment and know, you know what, I need a minute. I need a break. I need something. Um, Whether it's to call a friend, phone a friend. Whether it's, you know, taking a long walk, whether it's some meditation, you know, there are great apps that you can get on your phone to help with that. Um, Some of them at at no charge. Some of them may have a fee. Calm is one that I think is really cool. I know there's a fee for it. Parts of it are free, but like they have like they call the bedtime stories where it's just really, really calming people telling a story that just kind of helps you unwind. I know for me, one problem I have is turning it off at night. being able to sleep and I'll get into a little bit more of that but the first thing is never doubt your voice never doubt that it's important what you're feeling that whatever you need to say is important that you need to let people know what you're feeling and get the help that you need so that you can be more productive right I, I say often that you can't pour from an empty cup so you got nothing left to give when my daughter needs me, if I, if I'm all depleted, I I can't be there for her. So in order to do that, I need to make sure that I am handling my business in terms of making sure that I make time, not just for what I need to do, but some of the things I want to do. Cause to me, That's a need also. We all need a moment to just unwind and to just relax. That's important too. That's a need too. So when I say need, I'm not talking about paying bills, going to work, the grocery store, whatever. Not those types of needs. But something that I want to do, that's a need also. I need to take the time to just do something for fun that relaxes me. Um, So that's the first thing. Another thing that I think we need to do is make sure that we're keeping accurate records and I know that sounds really crazy what does that have to do with mental health but when you're dealing with a child with a disability there's a lot of paperwork there's a lot of documentation there are a lot of phone calls that you make and then whatever they said was going to happen didn't happen and now you got to call back and you don't ever get the person you talked to before and it's like y'all didn't write this down I called about this like for example I'll give you an example so my daughter received some benefits from the state Typically, there's a website I can go to to record some information that I have to give every month. Well, it's not working. I'm going to have to call somebody. Right. And it means I'm going to be on the phone. I'm just getting myself mentally prepared because I need to do it this week. I'm going to be on the phone for a good 45 minutes waiting for somebody to, to answer to do this thing that I can't do online because for some reason the app is not working. I need to make sure I get the name of the person who said, okay, I've taken care of it for you because this is the government, right? They don't always send confirmations the way they're supposed to. Stuff doesn't always get recorded. So in a week or two, when I find out, okay, well, it, it wasn't updated, then I got a call back. I don't know who I spoke to. I can't remember what day it was. It was like, I think it was a Thursday. So when you're dealing with stuff like this, make sure that you keep really good records because that organization can help you not to feel so out of sorts when people don't do what they say they're going to do, which happens a lot when you're dealing with government entities, doctors visits, uh, you know, all of those types of things. You need to try to keep accurate record so that when you need to lay your hands on something because somebody tells you, well, we don't have record of that. Have you ever heard that? It just infuriates me. Oh, I don't see that here. <laughs> I can't help you don't see it, sis. I talked to somebody. This is what they told me. So at least if you have a name, get an extension if you can, whatever, and it will help you when, like I said, stuff doesn't happen the way it's supposed to happen. And even documenting on your job. If you're going through something at work, because remember, your mental health is, is, is made up of a whole lot of stuff that's going on. Document, document, document. So that when it comes time to pull them receipts, as people say, you have all of your receipts in one location, because if I can't prove it, if I don't have some record of it, they're just going to tell me what well, I don't know. So when you're dealing with that as a caregiver, if you're getting stressed out at work, document that stuff so that when you need to pull that up, you're like a spades game, when you take that little joker, that big joker, and you need to slap it on that table, right? If you play spades, you know, I, I, they taught me how to play spades at HBCU, baby, and they talk much trash and they slap them cards down on the table. When it's time for you to slap that card on the table, you have all the ammunition you need when they tell you, oh, I don't have a record of that. Um, so that's the second thing I would um, suggest that you do. Another one, and I alluded to this a little earlier and I said I would get back to it. When your body says to take a break, listen and take the time you need. Take that break. And I'm talking more about like sleep. I'm a night owl by nature. And I can stay up um, until one two o'clock in the morning. And I've noticed in the last few months that sometimes I can be working on something and I feel myself getting sleepy and I almost want to force myself to try to finish whatever this is I'm working on. And I'm trying to get better about knowing when your body says go to sleep, sis, go to sleep already, instead of trying to force myself to finish this. And so I try to keep like a notepad by the bed and things that I'm working on or that I'm thinking about. I can write them down and then I can just let my brain can let that go because I have it recorded somewhere. So I don't have to try to Oh, in the morning when I get up, I got to remember this. This if you're if your body is tired, write that stuff down, put a pen in wherever you are. If I'm working on a document, I'm going to save it and come back to it later. So when your body is telling you to rest, listen and rest. And I I'm, I put that down here for me <laughs> as much as I did for the rest of you, because I know I'm guilty of it. And my body may not say, OK, go to sleep till 1 a.m. because I am by nature. I'm a night owl. I do some of my best work in the evening. Right. Mornings, I can get up and do what I need to do, but I don't like it. I do some of my best work in the evening. So case in point, I am recording this in the evening. So um, but my body may not say, OK, one o'clock. But whatever time it says you're sleepy, go to sleep. Because then what happens is I force myself to stay up. Now I'm done and it's 2.30 and now I can't go to sleep because now I'm up, right? As opposed to at 1 o'clock, 12 o'clock, whatever. And there are nights, don't get me wrong, if I'm really tired and I've been going, it may be 8 o'clock and that body says to go to sleep. And I need to listen and just do that. And I encourage all of you to do the same. Listen to your body. When it says to rest, rest, because if you don't, It's going to knock you on your butt and force you to do it. You know, have you heard people say, girl, my body just whoo, because at some point it's going to take over. And if you're not going to listen to the clues it's giving you, it's just going to say, "Okay, well, this one right here is a special case. She she ain't paying attention. So we just gonna have to bring her down and then boom. You know, you can't hardly function. So when the body is saying sleep, sleep, when it says rest, rest, when it says take a break, take a break, do those things because your body is trying to tell you something. And the fourth one that I wanted to touch on is um, I put here, write, pray, repeat. And for me, that's because those are non-negotiables for me every day. Um, I, listen to, I listen to our daily bread almost every morning. Um, I love to write. And those are things that are non-negotiables. You need to have things in your day that are non-negotiables negotiable whether it's praying when you first get up whether it's listening to uh, a few minutes of an audiobook whether it's taking a walk whatever it is but you need to have things um at some point in your day whether it's first thing in the morning later whatever it is that are just flat out non-negotiable like it doesn't matter what else is going on these are things that almost a hundred percent of the time or 98 percent of the time because you know life happens but 90 plus percent of the time. These are things that are not this is not negotiable. Okay? We're not talking about, it. oh, you can do that later. No. I'm going to get this prayer on. I'm going to read this our daily bread. Like those are things I am going. They help to center me. Um and I feel like, you know, I need to have that time to talk to God and to hear what he's saying to me and it is non-negotiable. It is not up for debate nobody has to understand it for me it's writing making sure that I read something from the word pray for you it might be your daily walk you know I try to walk three or four days a week and those days fluctuate based on you know what time I may need to start work you know I try to go in the morning because this is Florida and it's hotter than I don't know what so the morning is about the best time even though it can be darn near 80 degrees at 6 45 but if I'm going to walk, I typically try to go in the morning, but that is not something that is a non-negotiable for me. Yes, I'm going to get the exercise in, but it may be later in the day, right? Or this may be the day that I don't go because I got to hit the ground running for work at a certain time. Something's got to be out by a certain time, whatever. But no matter what else is going on, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray and I'm going to find time to read this Our Daily Bread every day. And like I said, life happens, things go on. I may miss a day here or there, but for the most part, that is a non-negotiable part of my day. And I think it's important to have those. You have to have things that you hold sacred and that no matter what else is going on, you're going to take care of those things. You're going to do those things for you. Because um, if you don't, you may notice that you're kind of off kilter because you haven't Done those things that are those non-negotiables for you. And when you give those up because somebody wants your time or they want you to, you know, call right now or do whatever, um, it can throw you off for the rest of the day. So those are the four that I really want to talk about. But a fifth one that just came to mind that I, I really, I, I really want to talk about quickly. Never, ever be afraid of this beautiful word. No. And somebody said to me recently, and it's a complete sentence. No, it's a complete sentence. You ever told anybody no and they're waiting for the, well, here's why. Yeah, You don't owe you don't owe them a why. I mean, if you want to give it to them, you knock yourself out. But it's okay to sometimes say no. Hey, can you do this? No. Because what happens is, right, when you don't say no, when you know you should have, now they've piled on whatever it was they've asked you to do, who, that's off their plate now, and it's on to yours along with the other 500 things you need to do. So sometimes you just have to tell people no. Now, if you want to dress it up, oh, I'm sorry, I won't be able to do that. Feel free. But no is a complete sentence, and it's a wonderful word to learn. So don't be afraid to say no, whether it's because you don't have time to do it, whether it's because you just don't want to do it, right? Because sometimes we're taught, well, if you can do it, why wouldn't you? Because I don't want to, that's why. And sometimes that should be okay. And I think that we all know the times where this is something that I should do, even if I don't want to do it. And then this is something that this is this one of those opt in things. You do it or you don't do it. Now, the person who wants you to do whatever this thing is, they may be upset, but they'll get over it. They will. I'm sure you're not the first person to introduce them to the word no. And if you are, well, welcome to the club of no. I mean, I don't know what to tell you, but most people have heard the word before. So if you if you cannot, you know, stop trying to squeeze stuff in to appease other people because it's not good for your mental health. So just say no. You know, and like I said, dress it up if you must. But no, all by itself works. Um, And I hope that some of what I've said will resonate with somebody today. And really give you an opportunity to spend this month. July is, as I said, B.B. Moore Campbell Minority Mental Health Month. And we all need to take an assessment of our mental health and find out if there are people in your lives who are caring for others, how you can help care for them. Um, Because we need we need love and help too. we're caregivers and we're strong and we do a whole lot of stuff. You know, I've had people say, I don't know how you do half the stuff you do in a day, Uh, but there are days when it's a struggle. And that's okay too. Um, I just wanted to invite some of you. I am starting. I already have the group, haven't been very active with it in Facebook and I'm really feeling led um, to do more with that and really put a community together of caregivers so that we can love on each other and be there and help one another. And so if you're interested in that, you can email me at KDT and I'll send you the link to join our Facebook group. Um, It's a group for those who are caring, um, typically for somebody with a disability. But if it's an elderly parent you're caring for, if you're a caregiver, this group is for you. And uh, we're going to start going through um, my 52 weeks. You know, I have a self-care journal. It's 52 weeks where every week we encourage you to do something that's just for you. Um, I am giving everybody the first four weeks free so you can get a feel for it. And then after that, we're going to go through the rest of that book. Each one of us will get a copy of that. We'll... Um, And I can give you the link to purchase your copy. And we're going to go through that book and meet and talk about what worked. Did we feel guilty about taking that time? Did we um, have the time set aside and then reneged on ourselves because somebody needed something? Um, It's a process and learning how to put yourself first sometimes is a process. And so uh, we're going to hold each other accountable to make sure that we're doing things that work for us. If we have resources we can share that makes life easier for each other, we'll do that. Um, If we have questions that we can answer for one another, uh, we'll do that. And so this is just a group that's all about caring for the caregiver. You know, some days it may just be me posting something funny to start your day with. It may be something inspirational. People can talk to one another, ask questions. Obviously, everything that we discuss there will be just between those in the group. It's a private group, so it's not open to just anybody to join. And I would love any caregivers who are listening to this who feel like they sometimes struggle with putting their needs first or they just need a community with people who understand, right? Because remember, it's called In My Shoes for a Reason. Nobody understands it like somebody else who's walking on a similar journey. Nobody understands it. Like, I don't know if you've seen the commercial lately, and they're talking about depression. And I, I think it's for this company called Better Help, or Better, I think it's Better Help, where you can call in to get help and talk to someone. And they go through all of these things that people say you're depressed, and people say things like, um, you know, just think about people who have it worse than you do. Oh, it's because you're a Libra, right? Well, what do you have to be upset about? You have a great life. All those things that people say because they don't get it. It's the same thing for caregivers. People don't get it. Sometimes you have people who look at it and they think it's you, right? Or they don't understand what you're going through or why. You know, I've told you guys that before. People look at my daughter and because you don't readily see a disability, her mother is just so overprotective. You know, it's not until you get to know her a little bit that you realize, Oh, so just being able to be with a community of people who get that, like you don't have to explain all of that to us. We already get it. We're not judging you because you won't let your child go to wherever. You know, my daughter didn't do a lot of going to other people's houses and all that type of stuff. Right. We didn't do that. And, you know, so oh, let her have fun. Yeah, no, there were other things at play at work there. So you don't have to explain any of that to us in this group. There's no judgment. We already know. So it's great to be able to find a community where you don't have to explain that because they get it. So if you're interested in being a part of that group, again, please uh, send me a message um, at -at kdt.inmyshoestoday.com and I will send you the link and I'll also send you uh, the download link so that you can download the first four weeks and just start thinking differently about the importance of taking care of yourself. This was a short one this week But it's something that I felt led to do. I really think that um, this is a space that is important and studies do show that we as women of color, whether we are caregivers or not, tend to put ourselves on the back burner. And that's only magnified when you're also having to care for somebody who really can't care for themselves the way um, other adults may be able to do. So I hope that I said something that was beneficial if you know anybody who's a caregiver who could benefit from this group please share this with them and encourage them to reach out to me Um, it's a passion of mine and it's something that um, is very important and that I do mention from time to time because I think we all need a refresher some of what I've said I know I've probably said on other podcasts but we all need a reminder because I'm still struggling with making sure that I take care of my own needs so That's all I have to say to you guys today. If there's anything you'd like to hear us talk about, you can also email me at KDT at InMyShoesToday.com. That is KDT at InMyShoesToday.com. And until we meet again, take care of yourselves, my queens, and be blessed.